0: Thanks for joining me on the Sports in the Making podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardona. This is episode number 27. Broadcast graphics are one of the main branding tools for sports networks with moving elements, data, and slick design. In this episode, I talk with Dave Croner, who has helped implement many of the graphics packages that you see on a variety of networks, what the process is for creating those graphics, and what goes into working with his clients to make the sports viewing experience better. This is an episode that has visuals, so if you're listening... Please be sure to subscribe to the Sports in the Making YouTube channel to see some of what we discuss. All right, with me today is Dave Kroner, a great friend of mine who I met while we were both at ESPN together. He's been a senior graphics systems developer at ESPN, Roots Sports in Denver, covering the Colorado Rockies, and as an on-air graphics manager for the Golf Channel. Dave is now with the company TV Graphics as a vice president of creative services and also owns Extreme Ninja Challenge in Kissimmee, Florida at Old Town USA. So we'll talk about all that stuff uh, in just a bit. First off, I want to welcome Dave to Sports in the Making. Thanks, Dave, for joining me.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Don. This is fantastic. A long yeah, time. So,
0: so we won't waste a lot of time here. I hear your puppy in the background, but he's, he or she's always welcome uh, so first question is, uh, how did you get into sports broadcasting?
1: So uh, I went to school for animation and media uh, arts. I uh, went to Art Institute of Philadelphia, and then um, right after school, I decided to go into the military. Um, I was originally going to go in as a multimedia illustrator, um, but uh, my recruiter decided to talk me out of that. and. Uh, do something that I wasn't gonna do for my career. So I went in as a, a watercraft operator, being from Annapolis, Maryland, and, uh, and I was, I went in as a reservist, and when I got out, um, I ended up uh, getting a job uh, at WBAL Channel 11 News in Baltimore. Um, so uh, being from Annapolis, being from Baltimore, it was uh, quite an honor to work Uh, At the local news station there and that got my feet wet basically Working in TV graphics, so I was doing the early bird news, you know getting getting there 5 a.m. News and uh, From there um, i ended up uh, hearing about some opportunities up at ESPN so so in 1999 I ended up uh, getting a position as a graphic operator, uh, up in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN. So did you know that you
0: wanted to do graphics or it was just the art background that you had?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, originally I think, you know, what I wanted to do migrated once I got in to understand what was the, what was in the industry. I didn't really know much about television and broadcast. I was more into, um, really wanted to be an animator for Disney. You know, I you know that you know, as a little kid, that's what I did. I draw it all the time, and and um, I was excited about that. But then, um, once I got into um, you know, doing Chiron, uh, which is you know the original, uh, it was uh, the Infinite back then, um, uh, going way back, Maxine, um, I just kind of fell in love with it. And you know, for me, it's funny because I've always been, um, you know. It, I, I had the art background, but also I'm very mechanical and, um, I, you know, and just like structural of like, you know, the graphics and in the format of folders and the nomenclature of the information and everything like that. So it kind of all just tied together and, and, you know, I love being, uh, you know, working in the field and with ESPN and being in sports and I just ran with it. So it was awesome.
0: Yeah, the Infinite I remember using early in my days as well. Uh, and and with the the technical part of the graphics design, what have you seen change over the years starting from those days with
1: Infinite? Oh, I mean, everything back in the Infinite days, God, it was very flat and it was uh very time consuming to to get your graphics together. I mean, we used to have to merge the backgrounds and and the font and uh, It it was uh, really interface, like uh, data coming into the graphics was non-existent. So, a lot of times, you know, your font coordinator would be sitting there just yelling stats at you, uh, working on SportsCenter, and you would just be updating manual. I mean, college football Saturday was insane with all the games that were going on uh and you know i mean at that point you were just you were just a workforce you were just knocking out graphics from the time you started until the time you left and and it was fun because it was exciting it was like you know, you know up to the second of getting a graphic on air sometimes and that was exciting um and you know now uh though it's still a challenge um you know we have resources now with data integration um, getting interface into the graphics so it's seamless. Basically, you call up a graphic and it automatically pulls that information based upon uh, the parameters that you set within that graphic. So, uh, so with that being said, I mean, it, it, you know, it's. But I think that's opened up the door to allow more expanded graphics. So, like, you know, we ha- we went from just a uh, nuts and bolts uh, range of. Different graphics ever available, you know, a couple lower thirds and a couple full screens or so, to now just an arsenal of different uh, expanded stack stack graphics. I mean, uh, you know, really from from start to finish, a, a directory for insert graphics basically is like, I mean, it could be up to twenty thousand graphics after the interface writes all the different graphics. It's insane. So uh, it's 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 amazing what we what we've done in that aspect. Um, You know, and and back then, you know, as I said, it was more flat, Um, you know, starting out in my career, you know, and just the migration of technology, you know, going into the years, you know, like 2000 and, and, you know, the mid 2000s, the uh, late 2000s, you know, I think the tools to create these pretty extensive uh, looking uh, graphics and animations, everybody just ended up overproducing. Like they just Really, um, you know, everything was three dimensional. Things were flying in. There was a lot of sound design, and a new toy, a new toy. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> oh, look what we can do, and they and they were they did it. You know, and and it was cool at the time, um, and you know, it was like, oh, let me see what this can do, and 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 you know, things telescoping as you typed on, and auto follow, and and um, um, so you know, with that being said. Um, I think people, you know, once we got into the later, you know, 2010, 15, I would say 2015, we started to figure out like, you know, more is not better. You know, the overproduced graphics is, uh, uh, is taking away from the fan experience. And, we, you know, a lot of networks got rid of the, the sound design and they, they, you know, the trend now is just a clean look, you know, still have everything. To represent the information in a nice presentation, but uh, you uh, kind of just get rid of all that extra garbage that was mess, you know, just filling up the screen. So, right. You you
0: mentioned insert graphics. In this world, there's a, a variety of different types of graphics. Can you explain the differences between an insert graphic and, say, a motion graphic? Or are, sure. are they all kind of integrated together?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when you're building a graphics package, you have the insert, which is basically you got your operators that are working on the live productions. Um, so you have, you know, if you're doing, uh, say, a baseball production, you have your insert graphics uh, that would either come off a of Chiron, uh Viz. Uh, and these are some of the, the big names in, in broadcast uh, uh, graphics platforms. Uh, Ross Expression. Um, and, and then, um, so you know, usually you may have one or two different um, um, gr- graphics platforms per production. And then you also have uh, The Bug, so, um, which TV Graphics, uh, the company I work with, is a provider of the insert bug. Um, so, you know, in a lot of productions now are, are making the expanded stats coming from the bug, you know, so it's all seamless, just basically coming from the score bug. And I say bug, score bug. Um, then, you know, your, your element reel, which is your EVS elements, your, your, your TD uh, elements, those are more like your show element, Your excuse me, your show open, uh, your replay wipe, your rejoin, um, you know, sponsor transitions, player transitions. Uh, so, and those are like more of like the big ticket, like the, the, the ones that, um, you know, fly in and, you know, it's going to basically end cap your show or, you know, your show open, which is really the network ID to that show. And those, you know, again, you know, you want to, you want to put some, uh, you know, 3d imagery in there. You want to put some, you know, um, you, you do Yeah, the videos and such, you know, and kind of tie it all together. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so with those, all, most of that stuff is built offline. Uh, we build it in After Effects, uh, we build it in Cinema 4D, and then we export it as QuickTimes uh, or uh, MFX files for it to be played back. So, you know, we have a lot of sponsor transitions that people, you know, are constantly being updated throughout the season um, and, and, you know, so on. So, yeah, yeah. So those are kind of those are the different kind of items that make up a a graphics production. Yeah, it
0: it can definitely be uh, complicated and there's the insert package. There's thousands of. Of options and you know, creating the uh, motion graphics, like you said, open transition tease, all those things that go into supporting what uh, what the look and feel of the network you're working with is. So, Dave, uh, what was your role as a senior graphics systems developer with ESPN?
1: Yeah, so I was working uh, primarily on, well, I mean, I pretty much did every show that there was uh, when I was there. Um, Studio and event. Yes, studio and event. Um, You know, obviously there were some exceptions, but, you know, I worked, uh, I was the main lead on productions such as uh, tennis. Uh, So I worked on the French Open, worked on Wimbledon, um, worked on X Games, Uh, which uh, you know I traveled out to um, Aspen and LA and did summer X and winter X Um, let's see what else Um, college game day I was uh, on college game day you know which was just like 15 weeks straight of travel going to a different college every week and that you know that really did not suck that was a lot of fun Uh, (laughs) and then um, see and then you know we met uh, when I was overseeing international graphics, so you know I had the opportunity to go to Mexico, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, uh, Argentina, uh, a, lot, a lot of South American, you know, because uh, we were working with ESPN Deportes, the ESPN Sir, um, and uh, yeah, so I wore that hat for quite quite a few years. Uh, but you know, I you know everything, you know, when you were in the department, uh, they. You know, if you weren't working on, if you weren't the lead on a particular uh, show or project, um, then you were kind of just jumped around to different productions. So you would find yourself working on SportsCenter one night, uh, Baseball Tonight on another night, NBA Tonight, all those uh, old school shows. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, ESPN News, which was, uh, you know, just constant, you know, hours and hours of just uh, updating, uh, you know, the same. <laughs> sports stories throughout the day, so yeah, but it was awesome. It was great.
0: Well, when we met, it was actually the first time we met was in the Dominican Republic, trying to get that production off the ground, and and you were teaching them how to use the machine. How different is it inside the country versus outside the country?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, you know, obviously the the language barrier for me (laughs) I don't, I don't speak Spanish, I, I know a few words, but um, I think that was probably one of the biggest challenges was just communicating. A lot of times we would have, uh, you know, I would say translator, but people, you know, the font coordinators and all that, um, that would speak Spanish and, um, and just basically trying to get them to understand how we produced versus how they produced. Um, I remember, uh, for instance, when I was in Argentina, uh, working at their studio show. I remember that they they kept their graphics. Uh, it was, this was Deco. This was back in the day when Deco was around, uh, made by Pinnacle. And they kept the graphics platform hot on air. It was always keyed the whole time. And it, it baffled me. Like, Why would you just keep an open key because the error of uh, you, you know the uh, error of mistake or what am I trying to say? You know the the possibility of making a mistake was so high. You know you simply just put something on your program channel and it was on air. So uh, so that, you know that was definitely uh, different how they would do things. But I would say the language barrier one and um, and just trying to get them to understand the you know, the format of the directories, the graphics um, and, and, the, and the tempo of how we were produced. I mean, ESPN, you know, you're, you know, we were, you know, we were producing graphics at, you know, a high level rate. It was, it was nonstop. And sometimes these smaller productions, they're, they're more modest and understandably mm-hmm. so. But uh, when you're working on these bigger productions, such as ESPN, it's, uh, it, you know, it's required to, to, knock out as many graphics and get them on there. as you know, a batter graphic every time somebody walks up to the bat, you know, um, you know, full screen starting lineups and all that. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool, you know, working with this, but it, it, uh, it, it was, it was sometimes a struggle just trying to communicate with them. Um, so, yeah.
0: So when we're talking about different types of networks that you're working with, you've worked at the local level, you worked ESPN, the global you've worked regional with root sports and then golf, which I would consider a little more niche. Mm. What, what differences are there in the way the graphics philosophy is done?
1: I don't know if there's really a difference in the philosophy of the graphics. I think the biggest thing that I've seen working for, a, you know, the network versus regional is just the, the amount of resources that you have available. You know, once I got into the regional coming from ESPN, which, you know, coming from a network and going to a regional was very eye opening for me because, you know, you ended up having to wear a lot more hats. You know, uh, ESPN is such a, you know, the department that I was coming from with ESPN, I mean, there was, I mean, God, there was probably 80, 90 people easily in that department. Uh, and I went to, you know, a creative services department at, at Root Sports uh, in Denver with it was a total of uh, 10 of us. And, you know, so it, it was like if you needed something um, and, and, you know, someone wasn't available, you had to produce that yourself. And, you know, it was very, it, I think it was very beneficial for me because, um I always had that resource available, like if I needed something, I could go to somebody and say, Hey, I need this, or I need that versus, um, Hey, I need to build this. So I'm just going to go ahead and build it and, and you know, uh, and yeah, it worked out. It worked out great for me because it allowed me to have a, I think a broader understanding of what, uh, is needed in the different, um, different, uh, departments that I was currently, I was more focused on that one job or, you know, now it allowed me to kind of see into all the different positions, which was great. So, yeah. And then, you know, working, then going to golf channel, obviously, you know, bigger, um, bigger department, but still limited resources to a certain extent. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. When you were in Denver, um, I actually followed shortly a couple of years after you did, Uh, to go to Universal Sports Network and, you know, midway through my time there, we rebranded our graphics package. You actually had the opportunity to come in and freelance for us. Mm -hmm. And I I knew what we needed, but translating that sometimes when you're talking to a creative, very creative person, designer like you, and someone who's looking at, you know, from our executives, trying to put together our ideas into what you're doing can be a little bit of a challenge in trying to make that right. So uh, what kind of process would you say works best when, when that happens in the design phase and then the execution phase?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is for me is, is, as I mentioned before, don't overproduce. A lot of times things can look really awesome when you're building them in Cinema 4D or After Effects but then trying to get those to translate in a real world, you know, real time, uh, you know, environment, it, it sometimes doesn't work going into a new look. Um, the, the main thing is that I do is sitting with the client is basically understanding what they want. What did they like about their previous look? What didn't they like about their previous look? What do they, what do they foresee? Because, For me, you know, I can design something all day and say, I think it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, the client's the one that really needs to sign off on this. They need to like it. So I always like to have that relationship with my clients to understand because I think in their mind, uh, they know, you know, know, everybody's looking at everybody else's work. We're looking at ESPN. We're looking at Fox, uh, you know, MLB Network and everything. And, you know, I think people... Um, know what's out there and, you know, I think um, as we come together as a collective uh, collaboration, um, I, you know, asking those particular questions of like, you know, what didn't you like about this graphic? What did you like about it? Where do you see it? You know, and sometimes, you know, you can do a, you know, kind of a three-tier where it's, it's a modest design um, more something like kind of in the middle, and then you know over here like where it's well kind of jazzed up and, and off the charts. And I you know sometimes because so a lot of times when I design something, I'll, I'll have those three kind of different designs, even though that they're in the same kind of realm and look. Um, one's a little bit more modest. One's a little bit more kind of you know it, it, not over the top, but um, kind of you know not too much zip. Zhang and then the and then the third one is where it's really uh, a lot more produced and a lot of times what happens is once I show those um, uh, those examples they usually can say hey I like this but I you know but then I like this over here and, and it kind of just morphs together Once you get kind of the backbone like you know once you have the score bug design the lower third designed, um, you know, this is for insert. Then everything kind of takes shape. You know, the the thing about a graphics package for a network is that um, everything's got to 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 have that same look and feel. You know, no matter what you're what you're what you're doing. So,
0: okay, when we talk about insert graphics, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the terminology for what we see in my graphics design. This is a double box. Uh, I actually was looking at relaunching my podcast in video form and I figured who better to ask to do something than you. So you went ahead and created this for me. How did, it, how did that process work in terms of me? I know I wasn't looking for anything super complicated, but I know simplicity is one thing you've said Yeah, and that seems to be what you've given me.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing I, when you asked me to do this, you know, you, you, you mentioned that you needed a double box, a triple box and uh, in, in a lower third. Um, you know, what, we, what I did was, you know, you had your logo already established, um, which you, it's a very nice logo and I like it a lot. Um, it has that, you know, sports feel with the shield and everything. So what I wanted to do, you know, when I was building this is, is give you a clean look um and basically take the color schemes that were very similar to your your logo so bring the, those colors in um and you know again i keep saying don't overproduce it get the, the information out there um you know i think typeface is a, a big thing now with insert graphics is to make sure that the the typeface uh feels uh like it, it belongs there on this, on the graphics. So, you know, and I, if
0: you're, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, sorry to interject there uh, you can check out my YouTube channel and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. So uh, continue Dave.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, clean look, um, you know, laying out the text. Yeah. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Um, I, you know, I wanted the name to stand out. So I gave you kind of a, a, a thin thick, uh font there you know thin for the first name thick for the last to make it stand out sometimes if it's all the same font it kind of bleeds together so it really kind of gives it some separation there Um, and then you know the the uh the twitter handle um just not making it overbearing to take away from the 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 name Um, so you know making it very subtle but still uh you know readable there um, and, uh, you know, uh, you got, uh, you know, uh, you know, space to do a one line or a two line and so on. So, um, the, the actual background, I didn't want it to be too overbearing as well. So that's a very, um, you know, simple, uh, you know, give it some 3d depth as well. Some, some texturing and some shadowing. Um, uh, but again, just make it nice and subtle to kind of work in with that look. So.
0: Well, I've had a few comments on it, positive comments, and so that obviously makes me feel good and hopefully it does you too. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the examples you've worked on recently with TVG, uh, which confuses me sometimes because I used to work for TVG Network, which is different, but this is TV graphics. What we're gonna look at is the Masson look, the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network design that you did for the Baltimore Orioles at the beginning of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, so walk us through what we're seeing here, Dave, and, and maybe a bit about how it all works. So I'll start with the uh, the open. Now, your Washington Nationals on Masson and streaming live on the Masson app.
1: Middle Sports right Network, now. they are the network that produces games for uh, the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles, which happens to be my hometown, which was such an honor to work uh, on the Orioles' productions. Growing up, watching them uh, at home, basically, mid Atlantic Sports Network had a look that was, uh, you know, I don't want to say outdated, but it was, it, it had, you know, it was around for quite a long time. You know, a shelf life for a graphics package usually is somewhere between the five uh, to seven years at the most, really. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this I believe uh, they were on using the same graphics plat uh, look for probably about almost. I mean, it had to be ten plus. So you know, they were they were definitely due, and they were excited to get a brand new look. The thing about with Mid Atlantic Sports Network with working with those guys is that they wanted to, again, just kind of come current with their look. Um, before they had this kind of glassy, uh, again, overproduced look, you know, um, and they wanted to kind of get more into um, just having a cleaner look. This right here, this is one of the big ticket graphics that we were talking about here. Um, you know, this is their title card coming out of their show open. So you know, you want to make that one a little bit more more exciting. Here we have the, the and again, the thing with uh, Masson, they wanted to spotlight uh, the team, but yet also tie in to the network. Whereas before, I think more of the team had the spotlight in their broadcast, where they wanted the the team in. Masson to kind of live in that same realm um, to kind of coincide together. You're watching the Nationals on Masson. You're watching the Orioles on Masson in, um, instead of you're just watching the Orioles. So let's bring in more of that network, um, you know, based upon this uh, this show open. Um, and, you know, again, they, they needed some um some availability to put in footage that they change out you know daily weekly um so we had to give them a a window to be able to put in that updated footage uh you know players get traded and such so um but uh but yeah you know it it was it was we started out with this kind of environment this kind of like you know warehousey type feeling and you know for camden yards you know where the Orioles play it's more of a brick facade versus and it's funny because as I was kind of developing this versus National Park it's more of a stone environment so it's funny like you'll see kind of different texture and treatments uh, just in that aspect itself so here's the Orioles right here again just spotlighting the O's logo and the build upon and then uh, getting some fan footage and then you got your mass built in, and then boom At the end once they come in they coincide together and then it leads into uh, the game it was a good feel they loved it and uh, we built them a both a short and a long version in case you know they're running late or something they had that short version just to get to action if they need to so yeah and
0: then again going back to insert graphics we have a bug example, which is the score, which can be kind of complicated now mm. from my understanding. It's been a few years since I've actually looked into it, but a lot of data goes into their separate operator. Yep. So what do we see here uh, in terms of uh, the score?
1: Yeah. So this was a project I worked on for Marquee. They uh, were producing the games for the Chicago Cubs and um, they had a bug that they didn't really like um, they they liked their insert package, but they were just were not happy with their current bug. So they came to us for a redesign. And with this particular project, I mean, I I think the the big thing was just, just layout. They wanted a, again a simple logos again, which is more of a trend. People recognize the logos now, um, getting away from tri codes and uh, you know team names up on the bug and um and just really a simplistic but yet still making things pop the color scheme of uh of the cubs you know obviously incorporating those aspects into the home run animation right here um and and just the overall bug but again this stuff right here you know the thing is all the data is coming in and it, it automatically uh produces that you know so as soon as a guy hits a home run uh, the bug up, So that's the intro animation right there that you just showed. So um, again, just giving marquee that, that initial love. It was a nice, uh, it was a nice project, a nice, uh, you know, redesign on that. And they, the client loves it. So,
0: you know, I've seen how it's created firsthand, you know, at ESPN, as well as, you know, you know with the universal sports network and, and it's not it's not something that happens overnight. And I think when fans see it on TV, sometimes they're like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder how that works. Or I know I've had questions about, you know, how do they get the the, the updated, st- you know, batting average if it's baseball or, you know, all these stats that are updated so quickly. How do they do that? Is there somebody next to them that's that's doing that? And, and it's a combination of both now.
1: It is, um, yeah.
0: So when you're in the TV truck, let's say on a game. Mm-hmm describe the relationship that you have with the producer and the graphics producer and even the director, even though I know they're mostly just having you execute it.
1: Yeah, so um, usually when you sit down in, in a production, um, you know, you're working with a coordinator, sometimes it's just you, you know, depending on the production. But, um, you know, you start out with a rundown, um, you know, and with 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 live games, obviously, a lot of stuff is reactive. Um, you know, it's like, oh, this happened and all right, let me get this. But there's, there's always a format to, you know, there's a guy that, you know, uh, you know, there's a batter font when he goes up. Um, you know, you've got your pitcher slab, um, and then, um, you know, you got your lineups and defense when you're coming in. So, um, you, you know, with the producer, you know, a lot of times the coordinator works with them more so. And, uh, and, you know, they're asking for, particular full screens information. They want to highlight a particular player, uh, or team stat, uh, you know, there might be some news where they need a quote panel, um, and so on. There is stuff that you manually build and then there's stuff that's interfaced. So like if I'm, so for example, if I'm working on golf, you know, which I've done live events with, with, with golf. Um, you have two. You have two machines. You have an A machine and a B machine. The A machine is is um, uh, the upper shot graphics and the scorecards and any lowers. The B machine is providing all the leaderboards, all the promos and such. Um, so any full screens and in, 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 in leaderboards. So you know what people don't realize. I mean, golf is one of the probably one of the more Uh, graphic intensive when you're actually doing the event than, than, you know, say baseball or or football um, because it's like every shot and they're going, you know, someone hits a shot, they change cameras, they go to the next player and then the next player and the next player. So it, it is like constantly and, you know, uh, like, how far is he from the pin, you know, uh, you know, all these, all these different expanded stats that you have to pop, pop on the graphic, you know, he's leader, he's co-leader, um, you know, so, you know, when a guy comes up, he's for birdie, you know, or whatever, I don't know, he, it's just so many different variations of, of, of possibilities that you have to kind of be ready for. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've worked on both studio and remote, so um, I think each production has their own different way of, you know, following along and knowing what you have to produce for that graphically, um, you know, either, you know, with the studio, you need topic bars and, and more of a, a discussion panel versus, you know, if you're doing a game, it's more of like, you know, lower thirds for your uh, your players and your full screens and all that, you know, slabs and, and so on. Um, you know, currently, right now, I'm working on uh, something new, which is exciting. Is I'm working in virtual reality, so uh, I'm I'm doing uh, some NBA games uh, for the VR Oculus headsets now, and this I think is groundbreaking. I think a lot of people are, are are going into so you know they're when they're watching the game, they feel like they're in the game, and and what happens with our graphics is that it bends to follow the camera so when they're looking around so it's in that sphere half a sphere um which is really cool so there's all kinds of different new avenues um yeah there's there's augmented reality now which is huge you watch some of the games you got graphics popping out of the off the field you got you know in the sports center they're coming in or you know they're they're standing next to a graphic um you know i know weather channel is huge for this um, where, you know, they'll watch a tornado come into the studio, which is, it's really cool stuff. And, um, you know, and so there is a lot of different avenues for, 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 graphics and broadcasts, which is really cool. So,
0: you know, reflecting a little bit on some of the technology, you were at ESPN when they did that 3d, which no longer exists, but there was a lot that went into that. I would imagine
1: yeah, it's, it's funny because, I mean, it was the new shiny toy that and everybody was just, like, really on board with 3D television. People were going to wear these these glasses and watch 3D TV, which, you know, the concept of it, well, yeah, it was pretty cool. But, man, um, there was so many resources put into this. And um, I just remember, like, the rebuild of the graphics packages that we had to do. Just to kind of work into that environment, it was insane, Um, you know. But uh, it was it was really funny when you would walk into a TV truck and everybody's sitting there with these goggles, these glasses on. It was hilarious, (laughs) you know. So, uh, but yeah, you know these trends. You know, it's like you know the VR stuff now and the augmented reality, and who knows? You know, who who knows what's going to be next? It's going to be awesome. So. You know, there's going to be a cross between the two, you know, with AR and VR. Um, And uh, I'm really excited about the experience, especially for sports broadcasting, that's going to be coming to these fans. I mean, it's going to be so interactive and so immersive. It's going to be amazing. Like, you're going to be able to be right there, you know. So technology is going in the right direction, and, and I'm glad to be a part of that. It's really cool. So
0: what's been the most memorable graphics package that you've been a part of in your career?
1: Uh, the most memorable, probably, you know, looking at, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years now. Um, I would say probably working on Wimbledon. I mean, Wimbledon was just an amazing with just, uh, is the history of that event. Um, you know, knowing that uh, you're, you're on that international stage. And, uh, you know, when I was overseeing that graphics package, you know, we had, um, well, I had to not just oversee what was going back domestically, but I had to make sure, uh, you know, what I was doing was going, you know, internationally as well, you know, for the world feed and all that, we were we were providing graphics for them as well. And just, um, it was, it was really cool, you know, the, just, um, you know, going obviously out there to Wimbledon and seeing, you know, uh, the players in their whites and, and, uh, and it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. And this was 2005 when I worked on that. So that was a long time ago. And again, it was like, you know, things have changed a lot in the, in the industry, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean...
0: And when you got into this business, how much did you think you would see of the world in a position like this?
1: Wow. I mean, it's been it's been (laughs) a ride, dude. It it really has. I did not. You know, when I got into this and again, starting at a news station in Baltimore, I mean, that was pretty much the extent. Working in sports broadcasting really opened up a lot of doors and a lot of uh, a lot of experiences that, you know, I hold dear to my heart. I mean, meeting people like you, Don. I mean, it's it's been an awesome ride, um, and you know, and and being proud of of the work that I've done over the years, and um, and just the relationships I've made along the way. It's just phenomenal. So,
0: when we lived in Connecticut, um, you know, we would share dinners and have each other over the house. And I remember one night going down into your basement. Nothing scary here at all, but, uh, (laughs) you had showed me some initial designs of a company that, uh, you're now a part of and, and are the creator of tell me (laughs) what that is. And, and, and and if you remember that night, tell me what, tell everybody what you were showing me and then how it's kind of evolved from there.
1: Yeah. So I think you're talking about 2009 is, uh, is when, uh, I came up with this concept, um, you know i it's funny uh i always really enjoyed um being athletic and um you know I, i've done quite a few like mud runs and such and tough really, mudder we did together we the did the tough mudder yeah yep the first year uh, up in uh up in massachusetts vermont, vermont. yeah vermont. sorry yeah, mount yep. snow mount snow <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's been it's been a blast and and I ended up um, basically concepting uh, a Ninja Warrior course, uh, which I was showing you. And um, I decided uh, you know, that I wanted to build something that was more functional than what they were doing for the show. And um, so I had this kind of idea of building the same amount of obstacles and the same amount of space that is uh, equipped for the obstacles but uh but basically capitalize on space so i kind of did this kind of side by side configuration of this course and so this was 2009 i was really excited i was showing you and kind of came up with some different 3d designs of it and everything and uh it's funny don i mean it was it was really eye-opening and kind of a gut check when you realize how much that material cost And I was like, oh, God, this is going to cost me, I I can't do this. This is going to cost me so much money. So, you know, I decided to table that, you know, and and I moved out to Colorado and I was working out there at and and I decided to uh, I was, you know, I was talking to my wife. I was like, God, you know. I I think, you know, there's something there and I'm going to kick myself in the butt if I don't do it. And she agreed. She's like, just go after it, which, you know, again, uh, you gotta, you know, it's amazing having a supportive life. I mean that, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without her. So, um, but yeah, she said, let's do it. So I ended up buying the material I had to design and, um, I built my own Ninja Warrior obstacle course. And so out in Colorado is where it started, and um, it, it started off uh, in a, as a mobile course, and I was getting hired out to do events, um, and I ended up becoming the premier ninja course for hire, which is crazy. So I was doing events, uh, getting hired out with by, you know, uh, PlayStation uh, American Diabetes Association. Um, I was doing events at, uh, you know, uh, NFL fields. Uh, you know, I was at, uh, I did events with both hosts of American Ninja Warrior, uh, Matt Eisman and Arkbar. Um, I won't even try to pronounce his last name, <laughs> so, um, and it was awesome. I mean, I had this thing that was going from the West coast to the East coast doing events, you know, we were constantly booked doing events and it was great and so COVID hit and everything all the events went away and you know i was like all right this this is pretty much a done deal and what was great about it was i you know i had this this business i was working on on the side and i built it to where i had people running it which is key you know i would manage it you know at night you know putting in the late hours and everything but um, I was still able to do my, my creative, uh, work. Um, and when COVID hit and all that went down, I ended up moving. I live now in Florida and I ended up moving the course here to Kissimmee, Florida. And one of the events that I was planning on doing was old town, uh, it's a theme park in Kissimmee, Florida. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, look, I know we, we were not able to do the event, but what do you say, you know, doing a, a permanent location, like a, a brick and mortar, uh, location and having it, uh, having it here, uh, at old town. And it's, yeah, I was like, let's do it. And so I built out the space and now I have a theme park, uh, ninja attraction at uh, called extreme ninja challenge in Kissimmee, Florida, part of the old town. And we, you know, I mean, I've been open since December of 2020, and I mean, we've had I think like around 40,000 people that have come through the course at this point right now. So it's been, wow, it's been great, yeah, and and counting. So yeah, it's it's been awesome.
0: Well, when this this blows up nationwide or globally, I can say I knew you (laughs) (laughs) when.
1: Well, we can only hope. I mean, we are starting to look at a second location. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the thing about it, Don, is that the, the the thing I love about having a ninja course is, you know, and it's a big jungle gym. It's just that people are active, you know, um, especially being at a theme park, you know, these guys, these kids are walking around, they're going on rides, you know, my kid is, is, you know, uh. Um, you know, he does this as well as he gets on his Nintendo Switch and a lot of, you know, playing games and stuff, which is great, you know, I'm a, you know I love games, I love, you know, I work in, in graphics, I love games and such, but also there's got to be a balance where we're keeping ourselves and our kids moving, and that's the thing, you know, that I love about this is that, you know, you can be in the video game, like you're, you're in a ninja course, you're, you're, you know, you are the hero, which is, you know, it's great, and You know, if you cannot do it, it's not about completing the obstacle. It's about trying it. It's just about doing it. And the more you do something, the better you're going to do at it, you know. So I like the the aspect that we're getting kids moving. We're getting adults moving. You know, my motto at the Ninja Course is where a kid uh, can play and grow and where an adult can be a kid again. I love it. So, yeah, it's a lot of
0: fun. Well, the Wii actually did that for me last week. My daughter pulled it out. She's interested in golf, so we played a little golf together nice. on the Wii from, what, 2006 maybe? Yeah, so, that's awesome. So I know what you mean, and, and yeah. you know, I look forward when I get out to Florida again visiting your shop and everything. So, yeah, would be great. Um, so kind of to tie it all back to the beginning, Dave, um, what – if, if anything we haven't covered, what would you like people to know about graphics and what they see on the air in terms of a studio show or sports show, uh, mm-hmm. an event, uh, things like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think just for the, you know, the common fan that watches the broadcast, uh, you know, I would like them to know that there are people working tirelessly behind the scenes. You know there are so many man hours that are put into the final product that people see at home, and you know we love what we do, and you know for for me I'm you know I have that satisfaction of putting a good production on, um, you know, but it, it's funny because you know I, and I was victim of this as well before I got into this. You just think it automatically happens, you know. You think it's just, but you know there's concepting there's you know design phases then there's executing it and then there's interfacing it and putting data in it it's it there's so many steps to the final product that they're seeing on air and um and you know a lot of times you know I'll, I'll tell people yeah what do you do and i say well i do graphics for broadcast and they're like oh yeah the like that yellow line uh that you see uh, on the screen. yeah uh, somewhat yeah sort of you know that's that's one aspect but um but yeah, there's just there's just so much to it, you know. And and again, this is sports, you know. This translates to news, talk shows. There's so many different facets of what we do, um, you know. I a very a big honor was I worked on the the Olympics, um, which is something that I always wanted to do. So I was able to work on the Summer Olympics for Tokyo, and um, just the amount of people that came together. To get those games to you guys, to the fans at home, it's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So uh, I, you know, I'm honored to be in this field, um, and I, you know, it's been a great career, and I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to do things that you know um, that I haven't done, and and see how the industry changes in the future. It's gonna be awesome. So
0: all right, two things before I let you go. One, what kind of memorabilia? sticks out to you that you might have lying around your well
1: it's funny because I'm actually in the process of uh, remodeling my office a little bit Um, but you know I guess um, let's see here this right here is kind of cool this was when I was on college game day and uh, I got uh, you know it's kind of old now but uh, I got a a hat signed one of the hard hats signed by Herb Street Lee Corso And Chris Fowler here, which is really cool. So, you know, I'll always keep this here. Um, You know, uh, let's see what else. I mean, you know, some Emmy plaques I think is pretty cool. Oh, this is cool. You know, this is Mark May. You know, a little signature here. You know, he signed it for me, which I was a huge fan of Mark May. And, uh, you know, phenomenal just to be able to meet some of these guys that you know, that you watched on TV and and yeah, it's super cool. And then um it's funny actually on the back of it it's all my business cards over the years. So you know, I <laughs> got Channel Eleven News, ESPN, Root and then golf here. So and then uh yeah, so super cool. Well
0: and I and I see the NBC light there. I don't know if oh, you yeah. got that, but that yeah. that you know, the create I tell you, when I was at ESPN I would see all the directors have the plaque or the, uh, the signs that were created for the sets in their offices and graphics. People would have all that same stuff. And I was always a little kind of jealous (laughs) because as a producer, we never got that stuff, but you know, it's, it's just fun to see all the creations that have happened over the years in sports TV. Yeah. Super cool. All right. then final question, what is your favorite sports movie
1: and why? uh favorite sports movie and why well i would probably have to say the natural you know and i think it's just because when i was a kid you know watching robert refford and just it was such a great movie and it's it's one of those movies that you know it it, to me it's timeless like you know when when he hit that home run and, and smashed that light Uh, it, it, you know, it was just, it was just a good movie and I, and I always remember it to today, you know, it was something that I always, uh, you know, I always wanted to be that baseball player, you know, and, and, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, some of us don't end up, you know, I played baseball when I was a kid and, and, but you know, we don't end up on the field and, but you know, I could say I'm working with these guys, which is awesome
0: very small percentage go on to play at that level right right (laughs) exactly so all right dave kroner thank you so much for your time it's been a great having you as a friend over the years and and thanks for sharing everything that goes in i actually learned a little bit today as well but hearing it from you um it's it's been great so we'll look forward to future designs from you hopefully extreme ninja challenge is very successful for you and uh look forward to talking to you in the future
1: Thanks, Don. I appreciate you having me,
0: bud. Dave and I talked about a fraction of the graphics that appear on your TV. So if you don't happen to work in the broadcasting business, the next time you're watching sports, you'll know what goes into making those graphics come to life. And if you're in Kissimmee, Florida, stop by Extreme Ninja Challenge. For more Sports in the Making podcast episodes, visit our YouTube page, Sports in the Making podcast, or take a listen on your favorite audio podcast platform, also, be sure to check out Twitter, at Sports Making, as well as the Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Sports in the Making. I'm Don Cardona.